You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Gill, Matt Harmon here with you on Reception Perception, the show. All right, here we are. We are getting into franchise tag mode here, Matt, where franchise tags can be applied. As we enter into this very pivotal uh, moment in this offseason, how are you feeling, Matt? You know, I'm feeling good. This is a little bit of... Kind of like a, a as quiet as the NFL can ever get. Uh, this is yes. sort of a quieter time. <laughs> um, you know, we're we're kind of at the back end of coaching cycle news, which I know yep. we'll talk a little bit about today. Um, you know, there's only I think there's only three offensive coordinator vacancies left: uh, Kansas City, Philadelphia, and Denver. Of course, uh, those those three teams all have like offensive first head coaches, so we'll see how they end up kind of. Um, filling those vacancies, but really most of the coaching stuff is kind of settled. We haven't quite got to the combine yet, which is where things really start to pick back right. up. Um, so this is again, as quiet as the NFL can get, this is about it as quiet as it gets. Well, you know what it is too. It's a Super Bowl hangover. You know, it's like it, we just yeah. completed the season and everyone is just taking a breath right now, which mm-hmm. is uh, much needed if you cover the NFL because the NFL never sleeps for sure. But I did want to talk about. Uh, specifically for the Chargers. How about Keenan Allen? This uh, Reportedly, maybe the Chargers could move on uh, from the great wide receiver, 10-year vet, and Keenan could be a, a free agent going into this offseason. We've talked about the Chargers, I think, at length on this program, mm-hmm. but this is a team that needs wide receivers. For them to cut a guy in Keenan Allen, boy, I tell you what, that that's when I first read it, it surprised me when I saw the money, it made sense, but golly, man, this team absolutely needs to get some receiver help. Yeah. Daniel Popper of the athletic, I think is the one who's floated this out there. Um, and, and the whole theory behind it is the chargers are cap strapped and they're also there. It's always tough when you're cap strapped and you're uh, about to give your quarterback big money. Right. Right. Um, but that, that's sort of the point of when you have, <laughs> right. Like right. the Bengals, for example, have the seventh most cap space in the NFL, and they're staring down the Joe Burrow extension. Uh, the Eagles obviously are are staring down the Jalen Hurts extension. Um, they're not quite in the same position as the L.A. Chargers, but they also were just participating in the Super Bowl, uh, so they, right. they have the nineteenth most cap space in the NFL. Um, they're they're gonna they're obviously pressed up against a little bit. They've got decisions to make. We know that um, the Chargers are in a bit of a problem because a lot of their big swings haven't worked out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Khalil Mack was fine, whatever. They'll probably restructure him, maybe even potentially move on from him. Um, you also uh, you also have uh, you have 
JC Jackson. That did not work out as a free agent acquisition in year one. Uh, we'll see how that goes in year two. But yeah. that puts you in a position then, again, when you're staring down, like, we're going to have to give Justin Herbert this monster contract extension here pretty soon. Also, isn't it funny that, like, the two guys putting Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia aside – the two guys that like we know need big fat quarterback extensions that are coming up and are eligible this year are Joe Burrow and the Los Angeles Chargers, and those are two of the uh, least spendy. Uh, if you want to be nice about it, uh, they're the least spendy, uh, most gun shy to hand out big money contracts. Oh, no. You know, the teams in the NFL. So that's right. pretty interesting. But yeah, man, I mean, the Chargers are going to have to make tough decisions this offseason because they're currently nineteen million dollars over the current salary cap. So does Keenan Allen become one of these tough decisions? It's possible. Yeah. Um, again, I, when I saw that, uh, I was so surprised. But but again, when you look at the financials, man, it just it does make a lot of sense. I mean, but, you know, okay. Stinks, though, because he's the only guy who can get open. Well, that, I mean, yeah, uh, exactly, right? So, okay, look, they're, they're obviously not going to spend, I don't think, in free agency to, to bring in wide receiver help. I, I would not imagine. Okay, now they probably try to address this in the draft. They're probably going to try to get some speed. Um, but boy, I, I think it kind of puts them under the gun. Okay, now that being said, Keenan Allen can obviously still play. This guy is still a good player. Okay, but where does he potentially land? He all of a sudden, I would imagine, becomes a, a very premium name uh, that some of these teams, wide receiver needed teams are going to uh, be pursuing hotly. Uh, where would you like to see Keenan Allen go? Yeah, I mean, the obviously the cap charge is, is a big deal. And and the same thing when we talked about, uh, I we posted the the clip of talking about, you know, DeAndre Hopkins potentially being a trade target for the Chiefs. And the first thing that people say is like, well, they're not spending $27 million right. a year to bring in DeAndre Hopkins. This is what I think people have to wrap their minds around. Like, I don't care about, like, the name of these guys, right? Like, DeAndre Hopkins, the name, or, or Keenan Allen, the name. Think about, like, where they are at this point in the career. Right. Like if somebody trades for DeAndre Hopkins, it's coming with like a, a, a salary reduction. Like these guys are not, <laughs> it's not like trading for AJ Brown right. or even like Devonte Adams or Tyree kill when there's goes where those guys are at at their point at this point in their career. Um, you know, Keenan Allen's not like ancient or anything, right. but he's certainly on the back nine of his career. Sure. And he's all, he was dealing with nagging serious injuries. Um, nagging serious injuries at the end of last year and even at different points like I don't think quite looked his best even when he was back there playing so that's a thing in the back of your mind but at the same time if I'm a team like the Chicago Bears you know or even potentially the Giants I know we'll talk about them in a second uh, these teams that are flush with cap with, with resources um, draft picks and, and money to spend like I would at least call the Chargers before they cut him and say like hey what is it going to take if I send you a fourth or a fifth round pick? And I know that sounds crazy, like Keenan Allen for a fourth round pick. Well, if you're the Chargers and you're going to have to cut this guy anyways, like, yeah, you will trade Keenan Allen for a fourth or fifth round pick. Right. And you could potentially trade him to a team like the Bears or uh, the Falcons, who we talked about as a potential fit with Juju last week. Like, again, these teams that are flush with money to spend. So I don't know. I, I think there's a chance that, um, I mean, I, I always rag on the Ravens for, uh, you know, just getting guys at the back end of their career. Yeah. Uh, I know I said last week that I'd love to see them get more of like a young yeah. kind of ascending guy, but I'd still throw the Ravens out there. Obviously, they they have a lot of cap space right now, but they need to account for what are they going to do with Lamar Jackson. Right. Um, so 
I don't know. I think there's a chance that like Keenan Allen might not just get straight up cut. He might end up getting traded. And again, if you're thinking of those teams that can take on his salary while also probably giving it a little bit of a reduction away from that, like 21 million or $20 million yeah. that it's sitting at right now, I, I would nominate that. I would, obviously you're going to nominate the bears in that discussion. Anytime you could do that because they have a stupid amount of space uh, to take guys at 97 million dollars on the available cap space <laughs> right now this is wild like yeah. you got to spend it on somebody right Absolutely. you might as well spend it on somebody who could make justin field's life a little bit easier uh, yeah just to clarify some of these numbers this is uh, according to Spotrack, but uh keenan allen in 2023 would carry a 21.7 million dollar cap hit that is just I think that's a non-starter. And again, I want to clarify too. I think yeah, he, I said sucks. he was going to be entering his age 32 year. Uh, it's actually age 31. So 2023, he will be 31 years old, but it will be his 11th season. I don't know, man. I got to be honest with you. I, I was a little, I was a little uh, taken aback by that because Keenan Allen is still a very good player. I know. And and it, the it's the position that we think, LA needs so much help yes. at, at wide receiver. Right. And, and I, again, I know that Keenan Allen's a big name. Mike Williams is a big name. Josh Palmer had some big games here and there um, or games where he got a lot of targets and stuff like that. But these, I think Keenan Allen's still their most valuable player uh, because he can get, cause he can get open. And, you know, I think him and Justin Herbert are on such a great, they have such great timing and chemistry with each other at this point that like, I know that at least in the previous offense, um, I know that Keenan Allen was allowed to do a lot of like freelancing. It's like, okay, if the route depth tells you to be at seven yards, but you're actually at eight, but you're open. Like we're, that's, we're fine with that. Um, these are guys that like, it's, it's more of like, you can be, you can be allowed to freelance, right? These veteran route runners who are great at getting separation and they just don't have anybody that can do that stuff. It's like, I think, I think long-term maybe Josh Palmer would be a little bit better of like a big slot receiver, mm -hmm. uh, maybe than he would be as an outside guy, but I mean, good God, like he's just not at all. <laughs> he's just not at all like where Keenan Allen is at this point as a separator, as a route runner, um, as a technician. And that's what may has made Keenan Allen so good and so quarterback friendly. The Chargers will definitely miss him, especially as they're transitioning to, uh, a new scheme here under Kellen Moore, man, I, I don't know. I mean, I think they will obviously have to go young. They will have to obviously have to get speed yeah. uh, at that position right. and they'll probably have to do it in the draft because yeah, they can't like go around and cut. They can't go Keenan Allen. They can't cut Keenan Allen and go and turn around and sign. <laughs> that would make no know, sense. A, a, a receiver in the free agency. <laughs> yeah, that no doesn't sense. make any sense. Uh, Keenan Allen, according to reception perception data, 74.2% success rate versus man coverage. I mean, again, just far and away. Uh, the best score on the Chargers. You look at somebody like Mike Williams, he's really struggled against man, according to your data, Matt. 61.5% uh, success rate versus man coverage. And at the end of the day, man, you just got to beat that guy across from you. Uh, and Keenan Allen is clearly that dude. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, especially on routes that are base routes, you know, NFL routes like curls, digs, uh, slants, stuff like that. Uh, obviously, working inside out, Keenan Allen could do that. 
I think Mike Williams is is a weird player because he almost like I think he was really uh, he obviously was a first round pick. He was a seventh was he seventh overall pick in 2017? He went from being almost kind of do- like dogged too much for those first few years in his career where people thought he was like he couldn't get open at right. all. Like 61 point, 61.5% is not one of his better scores throughout the course of his career. Um it's not uh it's not a great score by any means. No. But we're not talking about him as like a you know a tenth percentile separator. We're talking about him maybe in that thirtieth percentile type range. He's a little bit better at beating zone coverage, but his best routes are like vertical routes. You know, I mean, he's going to win on go routes. He's going to win on post routes, corner routes, stuff like that. The occasional crossing route, the occasional slant. He's just a limited guy in terms of where he can get separation. His big stuff is winning downfield and winning in contested situations. But that again, sh- I would I would ask the question to the to people like. Who is the number one receiver in the NFL that struggles to get separation? Like, I don't think there is that guy. Like, those guys are always number twos. Those, like, you know, you you try to run your passing game through a player like that, it it causes a lot of problems. Despite how right how much production they might put up, stuff like that. Think about a Kenny Galladay type. Think about like a you know Devontae Parker type. The the Cortland Suttons of the world. Like these guys just don't end up becoming number legit number one receivers. And I think that's kind of where Mike Williams is topped out at being a really good number two. Um, But I think after he had that big season in 2021, a lot of people, especially fantasy players kind of overrated Mike Williams. So he's one of these guys that throughout the course of his career, I think has been a little bit underrated to a little bit overrated to now. Um, Again, I think he's a really quality starting NFL receiver, but he's not a number one. Josh Palmer. I don't think has a future as a number one. I think he's like more of a three. So, and maybe not even like a great three or anything like that. So they have, they have a big problem there where if they lose Keenan Allen, Who's the like the problem with this wide receiver core was already a lack of separation. That problem becomes even more glaring, and like I think wide receiver then becomes the biggest need on the team potentially. Uh, if you lose Keenan Allen, like what what wh- how are we? And it's, you still don't have a great offensive line. So how are we running a successful <laughs> passing game here in Los Angeles uh, without Keenan Allen? I'm not sure. Yeah, to your point, Joshua Palmer, uh, you've graded out in terms of 2021 season data, not not favorably, man. 54.4 no. percent success rate versus man, 68 percent success rate versus zone coverage, both very below uh, league average. As a matter of fact, when you kind of look at it like a, a player comparison. Um, I, I guess he's he's a little bit worse off than like let's say like an Alan Lazard. I think that's probably uh, what we're yeah. talking about here. Which is again, and I, I don't think anyone's confusing Alan Lazard to be a potential superstar here or a number one. He's just a again a, a person that you know Aaron Rodgers trusted uh, and somebody that that Packers offense relied on as a you know as a number two. I, I guess would be probably. Uh, a fair assessment of where he's at. That's a great uh, player comparison, like an Alan Lazard type, because, you know, Lazard had 100 targets this year, 788 yards, uh, six touchdowns. He had eight touchdowns a year prior. Um, and then you you look at Josh Palmer uh, this past year, you know, it's it's not that uh, it's not that dissimilar. Right. Where he had some big games, 107 targets, right. 769 yards, three touchdowns. But I think people probably hold more optimism for a guy like Josh Palmer because he's he's he was in his second season. Yeah. Um and I'm not saying that like guys don't get better, but uh, guys also some like they are who they are and there's only for the most part there's only so much room to grow a skill set. Like yeah, he's definitely going to get better 
at certain parts of the game. You know, Al Lazard is a guy who got better from his first year where he was an undrafted free agent and did nothing to eventually growing into being a really high quality role player right. um, for the for the Green Bay Packers. But did did he did he fundamentally change as a player from year one? To, from in terms of what he does and, and his best strengths like i think you get your strength stronger mm-hmm. you don't suddenly make your weak your weaknesses strengths and i think that's like a guy like lazard like he continued to kind of hone those strengths that he had in his game as a guy that was like reliable had good hands um you know was a really good blocker i know that's like faint damning with faint praise there as a <laughs> uh, as a receiver when you say the yeah, guy's a really good blocker right. but it matter he's a he's a pretty good football player but like you probably want him to be your three and i think that's probably a really good comparison for, for Josh Palmer, who I think probably should be a team's three, not necessarily like, all right, he's the guy that we drafted in our second season, or he's the guy that we drafted. He's coming into his third season. Let's promote him. I, I still think that would lead to problems in your passing right. game if you do that with the Chargers. Well, and plus, I think when you're taking a look at upside for any athlete inside the NFL, you, you do have to look at measurables, right? Like, can he can he just start to become – forget about the, the, the tactician part, right? Like, yeah, you can improve on that. But what's his ceiling as an athlete, right? And Joshua Palmer is a very much an average athlete, right? Ran a 4-5-2-40, 34-inch yeah. vertical. So, again – the upside to me when you're talking about Joshua Palmer, he looks more of like if he's going to cap out somewhere in fantasy land, it's going to be because of volume. I just don't think he's going to be that guy uh, that is just, you know, one of the certified, you know, number ones uh, in the NFL. All right. You mentioned the Giants there as being. Let me, yeah, let me just one, one, sorry, one more, one more thing on this. And I think this is important, like, cause you're going to see, you know, let's say Keenan Allen gets, gets, gets cut. You're going to see these like threads on Twitter. It's like Josh Palmer had this many games with double digit targets, stuff like that, like wheels up rocket emojis, (laughs) shit like that. You're going to, you're going to see that on the, on the internet. Like I get it. There were the, there were these games where, you know, Uh uh, Josh Palmer had, had these targets. Like let's think about this Denver Broncos. uh, They, they beat the Denver Broncos in overtime. Remember that game? 19 to 16. Josh Palmer had 12 targets. The offense stinks. stinks. The Atlanta Falcons, they barely they barely beat the Falcons. Josh Palmer, 10 targets, 106 yards. That's great. But they barely beat the freaking Falcons, who can't stop anything on defense. Right. Um, lost the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, not that this was a big, bad game or anything. 27-30, tw- 20, mm-hmm. fine. 10 targets for Josh Palmer in that game. They lose to the Raiders, 20-27. to 27. Uh, Josh Palmer has 11 targets for 60 yards. Like, the offense... stunk when Palmer was getting a lot of those targets or at least was certainly underperforming expectations despite having really good quarterback play in Justin Herbert. Again, I think I always want to caution people, you know, at at sort of extrapolating those things. Like, yeah, I do. uh, Overall, I do believe like targets are earned, all that stuff. Um, You know, a guy like Deontay Johnson, I've talked about that. Targets are earned. There's a reason he's getting those targets, but um, when guys are falling into targets because of injuries and the offense still stinks despite having really good quarterback play in Justin Herbert, that's not good. That's yeah. not a three, that's not a good three-way combination. Well, I think what you're hinting at is that, well, first of all, look, 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 there's going to be a new coordinator in town. Okay. So <laughs> who knows yeah. where these guys fit into the puzzle pieces. Right. Uh, but I think to what you're saying is that, that at least suggests that, um, you know, if there is an infusion of talent, maybe Joshua Palmer, uh, could be left on the wayside. And I think that's probably pretty accurate as well. Um, okay. So now find three, find number three, find number three. That's it. But that's not the, that's not the, that's not the, that's 
probably about the best we're looking at. No, yeah, I mean, and again, uh, whether we're talking about real life, and I know on this podcast in particular, we really kind of like merge those lines between you know real life and fantasy. But you know, real life, if if that's what you know he's getting, if that's commensurate with his uh, salary, then then great. You know, in fantasy, are you drafting a, the number three on the Chargers offense? I don't know. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So. Uh, I don't know. I, I would probably say from a fantasy perspective, um, better best ball player than he is in a redraft or uh, dynasty setting, uh, at least in my opinion.